3: See, this is a Force Center podcast feed, and this is another episode of Force Center. I'm Ken Knapsock, along with my co pilot, co host, and the great pontificator of Star Wars, my friend, Joseph Scrimshaw. Hello there, Ken. Hey, this is kind of what we've been waiting for, huh? Yeah,
2: for like a long time.
3: This is the show that you and I have been waiting to do since 1983. <laughs> exactly.
2: Before I knew of such a thing as a podcast. <laughs> Before
3: I knew you how to do it,
2: uh, how to get a what a MacBook was. Yes. How to do it? I didn't know how to do many things in 1983.
3: <laughs> but the only you know one thing I did know what to do in 1983 is uh, love Star Wars unabashedly. Yes. And uh, we are in the right time in the right place. Uh, the Force Center podcast feed has a bunch of different shows, but this is the flagship show. Uh, the show where Joseph and I, and uh, last week, uh, joined by the wonderful Jennifer Landa, recording our thoughts before seeing the movie. I haven't gone back and listened yet. Yes. To see how wrong we were and how right we were in some cases. And I just, think we were
2: deeply wrong about some plot stuff, but we were yeah. on the money for some of the bigger picture things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which, again, is
3: part of the fun and thrill of Star Wars. is predicting, prognosticating, being wrong and being right because the story does follow certain paths. So at this point in time, as a time of recording, uh, Joseph and I have seen the movie a few times. I just completed my fourth viewing, humble brag, uh, But Joseph <laughs> has completed his third viewing, yes. which is not too shabby considering the movie just hit theaters Thursday night locally here. Joseph, I think first we might start before we get into uh, breaking down this movie and uh, um, having fun, just crawling into that Star Wars nerd bubble. Let's t- talk about the viewings One to three and one to four.
2: Yeah, um, I've got a fourth one coming up tomorrow, so I'm going to have one a day this weekend. Uh, Thursday was the first viewing in 3D which was mm-hmm. not my choice. Uh, my wife had heroically ran to the theater and physically purchased tickets like Savage, like an old world scavenger. Uh, so we had to see it in 3D. And there were some things in the movie that were really cool in 3D. Yeah. Uh, because it was cool to just have BB-8 just thrown in your face almost literally a couple times. Literally the first shot too. Yeah. It, right into your face. But it's very isolating. There's times, mm-hmm. like, there's so much about Star Wars as those details in the background, which I think are kind of uh, right. a lot of what we're going to be talking about. Literally details in the background and then sort of thematically... <laughs> little ideas in the background. You couldn't see those in 3D. Yeah. Um, and that was really, it, it, was a str- it was probably the most explosive audience, yeah. but it was hard to uh, fully connect to the people around us. You're absolutely right.
3: I saw my third viewing in 3D and I'm glad I did and I'm glad I can c- contrast, compare. And there's some neat, interesting things. I just don't think the technology is... Perfect yet uh, in five years maybe we're talking about five D a dimension yet to be created. But um, right now three D is not my favorite way to see movies. Other I also just get physically ill. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the the Hobbit films I had to take the glasses off because the forty eight frames and three D I my I had a stroke I think yeah. So uh, but I, I was glad I saw it. But yeah you're right at one of the key moments late in the film I realized halfway through after the moment after the scene the audience was applauding and yeah. I wasn't part of the fun because I couldn't hear that they were applauding it
2: yeah and it's weird because there aren't like earplugs on the 3d glasses uh there's just something strangely isolating uh and at one point you know i did it was still a really moving and uh romantic and i mean that in the largest sense of the world experience on one side i had my wife uh, she yeah. was holding my hand i could hear her uh weeping sometimes and we would squeeze each other's hands and then next to me a stranger i'd never met who was just as into star wars and just as inarticulate about it like we both had big dumb dorky laughs we both were like ah, ah, like making noises like that and then it took me at first i was just like it's just me and this weirdo who are screaming right and then i heard Uh, some of the bigger moments the full screams of the audience right
3: that's good that's good so uh first viewing to now third viewing
2: um what has changed for you uh the second viewing was just kind of seeing it in 2d taking it in and Mm -hmm. i think for me i let myself be a little bit more critical because i kind of just let Mm -hmm. it wash over me the first time which was great so it's a little bit more critical and now today we just saw it and I feel like most of my little criticism were totally addressed because mm-hmm. I think one of the fascinating things about this movie is it does feel like Star Wars, mm-hmm. but it's a modern tentpole blockbuster right. that has too many plates to spin. Right. And it uh, it's the same as like the Avengers or like a Lord of the Rings movie or any, any kind of big summer blockbuster. It's trying to do more things than movies used to. Right. So it's a new kind of storytelling. And this third viewing, I was really impressed on how well it's done. If you want to be a pedantic geek (laughs) about Star Wars things, and if you want to be like, actually, this plot didn't, there is something in there. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to go through the credits because I bet there's a credit for the person who made sure that J.J. Abrams didn't get yelled at on the Internet. Or if he did, he could be like, "Um, actually, there's a line right there that established that Snap Wexley was the pilot. He did indeed do the reconnaissance." Like, I, I think it's I think it's listed as a, as a logic gap coordinator. <laughs> logic gap coordinator. I think in the big picture, and I felt this way since I saw it the first time. In the big picture, the plates are spun well, but even in the minutia, mm-hmm. it's all there. It all kind of tracks and makes sense.
3: That is the biggest difference for me. Uh, I, we we just saw it with some friends um, and uh, Andres Cabrera um, and J T. were there from Schmaltz No. And uh, Andres had said to me right after he he had said that um, the first time he watched the movie he was he was tense and nervous, just as a fan. Yeah. And I was definitely that way for the first ten minutes of the movie, um, watching it the, for the first time on on Tuesday. Just kind of going, did they get? Oh God! They, I hope they get it. It was like I couldn't take a deep breath and enjoy it till later. And the second viewing was able to like, all right, I know they got this for the most part.
2: Yeah, that's true. It was not only the 3d, but the, what is going to happen to Han? Mm-hmm. oh and the dawning realization that there's going to be very little Luke yeah in wrestling with the fact that that is the best for this film but I want to see Luke, <laughs> I
3: want to see Luke. give me some Luke uh, we will definitely get to that some uh uh what we still feel about Luke or what we feel different now um so we thought uh you know for you guys in the audience I know a lot of you we appreciate your loyal support and and uh, Joseph and I uh, until we uh, broadcast our own shows on Jedi lines and thank you thank you again for you and Mark having me on the show uh live last night yeah I to, to talk about it and I released my spotlight Star Wars Saturday morning with my gut reactions. I had recorded it, I saw the movie in the morning, had a long day at work, came home and op- opened up the microphone and just kind of rambled as I do but kind of coming to terms and grips and celebrating some things along with you guys and I, I want to thank you all for that but a lot of you have been tweeting, give us your take on this movie but it, I, I think we are doing it at the appropriate time Joseph to really kind of take all this in. Yeah. And also get notes and study.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, uh, the, yes, which
3: we've literally done. You, you, uh, I did some research last night. You have actually made physical notes. Uh, tip <laughs> of the cap to you. So we're going to start with some of the overall
2: themes of the Force yeah, Awakens. Yeah, to me, I feel like seeing it several times now. I feel like the theme, main theme, is sort of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our heroes, we have multiple heroes going on multiple heroes' journeys, which yeah. could be messy. Yeah, uh, but they're all going on the same journey of. There are sort of big, scary challenges that they don't want to deal with. And I think we're used to kind of seeing Hero's Journey being this very A New Hope. It's Mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker's Hero's Journey. Right. And being this very specific mythic. There's only one hero. There are many heroes in this movie. And they're all kind of going on the same journey. And I think it is about Finn tries to run away. Like uh, everything that happens in Maz Kanata is what if our heroes all ran away? Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Ray doesn't want to accept the lightsaber or accept the Force. Han just doesn't want to believe that there's any possibility that there's good mm-hmm. in his son. Or go home. Or go home. Or he just doesn't want to face just it. Just want to face it. He liter- both he and Finn literally want to run away. Yeah. And then, even more literally, uh, Ray actually does yeah. literally run away to the Force. Well, literally run away. I'm going to say literally eight million more times. <laughs> uh, so I think the theme is literally acceptance, yeah. even up to that's the last shot of the film is yeah. ray holding the lightsaber out to luke saying this is your responsibility you are the jedi master you are yeah. the caretaker of the galaxy and you ran away and this is a symbol of yeah. of you took this responsibility the legacy of your father yeah. take it back yeah and the, the big cliffhanger we're left with is will luke accept
3: we'll do it and there's a there's a sigh of his uh uh Face and a heave of his breath, and and uh, it's a it it's without saying a word. I think Hamill once again did a damn good job. Did he doesn't get enough credit job. for acting, um, and uh, I love that scene. And we we can we're going to get into more of that. I still love the risks they took, and that's a that. Four viewings in is still the thing that's getting me the most right now.
2: Emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah. But
3: to phys- physically uh, tearing up.
2: Yeah, because it is so it's so well done and it's so unresolved. Um, mm-hmm. Total credit where credit is due. Mike Black brought up on Jedi Alliance after you mm-hmm. had to leave last night uh, that the psychological test of looking at a person's face and then asking different people, what emotion are they having? Uh, yeah, and, and I think that's a great way to look at that last mm-hmm. scene with Luke because I have there's not specific things it's not like he is heaving his shoulders downward and sighing and looking down right it's very subtle it's very subtle. Clearly it's clearly
3: emotional, but you can read lots of different things into it. it. it it's, I'm reading um, this moment. I knew this was going to come. Yep. I have to re-face my destiny. Maybe, you know, is he the chosen one still or was he ever? And there's some things about that. And I think in all that moment for me, and yes, I'm an informed fan. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to insert my theories into <laughs> it. But uh, I watch it again, uh, fourth time. Uh, that is a heavy, heavy scene with my favorite music of the new movie, yep. uh, and it is uh, also um, that is uh, as the series shifts towards. Uh, I agree with you. Finn is on this journey. Even Kylo Ren's on this journey. Yep. Um, Ray is is kind of the lead in a way. I mean, it's not fair, maybe technically, to break it into the lead, but I think she's ultimately the hero of the trilogy. Yeah, this is this now begins her journey, and it's the key part of it. Um, and so that, that's a heavy moment for me. It's a very heavy moment, and that's yeah. what stood out more. And so much about her story and potential backstory leaps out at you yep. upon repeat viewings
2: of this. Yeah, and to me, when he turns around, the, the first as there's just that someone found me. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like there is a moment of some kind of recognition, mm-hmm. whether it is he literally knows her, there's literally yeah. again, or whether it is he recognizes her power. And then whatever the emotion is, a different emotional reaction to the lightsaber itself. Yeah in the lightsaber moment almost really seems like maybe he's going to put up an argument yeah. and then the lightsaber is really like Mm. uh, tribute uh, to all of the phenomenal acting that Daisy Ridley does. Uh, Every frame of Ray is amazing. She's just a hero that we haven't had in a long time. I feel like the kind of hero that just makes you pump your fist and want to just be like, F yeah, Ray."
3: You are not lying, man. I give this young lady all the credit in the world, plucked from obscurity, tossed into this role There are so many, um, the word iconic is thrown around, but there's things that years from now we're going to look back and that's a great shot. Her, uh, you know, uh, my friend Brittany Wallach said uh, last night after our viewing, uh, she said uh, her force face is really great. Her (laughs) force
2: face is great. Yeah. And uh, the the acting that she does in that scene, it's easy to focus Mm -hmm. on Mark Hamill because we're just so screaming for Luke by then. Uh, But it shifts from pleading, Mm -hmm. from asking Mm -hmm. to telling. Yeah. Where yeah. she is saying, like, please, please take the saber. And then it suddenly turns into, no, but seriously, it's, it's your responsibility.
3: And, and it's almost like we're starting back and working our way towards the beginning. But there's some great stuff um, when she um, goes off. and and they send her her and Chewie and R2 off to find Luke, and she sits in the Falcon. Um, There is some great reactions to her face, some great Peter Mayhew, uh, Chewbacca. I'm assuming that's Mayhew and not the stand-in. I know he had a a double doing a lot of the action scenes. There's some great Chewbacca stuff in this whole movie, but Chewie's got some kind of like, yeah, it's yours, take it, but there is her realizing I'm now the captain of the Millennium Falcon. uh, I'm on this adventure. I'm going to (laughs) leave. I I was on a planet where I was never left and never flew into space. And also some... uh, Uh, I'll put in some social commentary of a a woman is now the captain of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And And it's all conveyed in her face in in a couple shots flying into that planet.
2: Yeah. Uh, The second viewing when I was leaving, there was a guy uh, who was saying to, uh, I assume his partner, uh, Mm -hmm. a wife, girlfriend, like, she gets to be the captain (laughs) of the Millennium Falcon in a Jedi too? She has it all. She does (laughs) have it all. From like a classic Star Wars, like, (laughs) But, Everything, but I Everything. think uh, I think
3: uh, it's going to be hard earned later on from her. But yeah. uh, as far as just Daisy really herself, and then the character of Ray—I mean, it's yeah. it's it's uh, what I keep coming away with as my favorite thing to watch. To even go watch her on Jakku, um, the adorable moments when she puts on the uh, X-wing helmet and yeah. kind of pretends like she's flying around and she's wistfully looking at that ship. Um, we had so that in the trailer that shot was used, and I thought it was it's the people coming together. Yeah. No, it's her going. I'll never get off this planet I'll and my family's you. never coming back
2: yep it's just somebody else getting to travel and, and she doesn't yeah. yeah it's a great uh great spin on the luke stuck on the desert planet mm-hmm. narrative where luke really wants off the planet yeah he's staring off into the distance and she has that same desire but the desire is specific i want my family right like it's a, a duty like yeah. she has this specific reason that she can't go yeah. which i think gives her a lot of power she's counting the
3: days literally to like it's like yeah you're right her mission's not completed she's not leaving she's not giving up hope even though she might not know and, and later on it ties into mask Is was like you know and i think she knows from the start but but yeah uh, you that's know all there i could watch the jakku stuff over and
2: over yeah it's, it's my powerful. it might be my favorite parts of the film well, i think this is what uh, going back to that sort of acceptance theme I think one of the plates that has spun really well is the challenge of introducing the new characters and giving tribute to the old characters, particularly kind of making this Hans movie because you, you have to, uh, Mm -hmm. if you're going to get rid of Han Solo and Mm -hmm. have him leave this galaxy. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like the cool thing to see is the young people, particularly Mm -hmm. at the top of the movie, Mm -hmm. Ray Finn and Poe Dameron, they are full of enthusiasm yeah. about their adventures going into this hero's journey. Yeah. Like it's just that giddy sense of we blew up, one gun on, a, on, a, <laughs> on a, one of the new Star Destroyers, on the finalizer, I believe it's called. Yes. Uh, and they're just like, yeah, we did it. We yeah, did we did, it. buddy. We yeah, excitement. And even Ray has that much more forward-moving energy of like, don't steal my droid. I'm yeah. going to beat you up. And there's there's that, yeah. uh, gosh, gee whiz energy of a new hope. And then we see that reflected yeah. in our old heroes who like, yeah, we see the enthusiasm of youth, and then we see like, the wisdom in the pain of knowledge yes they're going on the same journey but from different perspectives from like the this is all fun to but it's hard it's hard, and
3: in the trailer, it sets you up a little bit for, hey, Han's back, and we had talked about him being, his, he's the old wizard this time, and it's true, all of it, and I'm going to help you find Luke. No, 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 you're right. He doesn't want to accept what he's maybe got. He years ago ran away from it yeah. for a lot of reasons, and so you're right. There is this, like, uh, you know, uh, I'll help you get somewhere else. He's not even going to help them to the end. He's, like, going to drop them off the, yeah. several times. It's like, I'll, I'll put you on a skate pod. Nope, I'll take you to Maz. Maz, can you get this? <laughs> uh, and Han constantly there's a yeah the pain of doing it before and the pain of not one the pain of failure
2: yeah and and,
3: and con- contrast that with with finn who's excitement at times so he's fearful and, and running as well but but there's kind of that excitement i love the scene uh, when they're first in the Falcon i can do it i can do it, i can do this i can do this and it cuts of daisy really i can do this i can do this i can do this yeah
2: love that and stuff. then that yeah and then that great joy when they do accomplish <laughs> it you know and for us you as were star the, wars fans you you like went, you, yeah, yeah. you did the shooting you did out of the plane uh watching them take these little baby steps and then yeah. soaking congr- congratulating themselves it gives the film this great energy and mm-hmm. then it gets this different energy when Han comes in and mm-hmm. I think all of this is true both of the characters and like we've talked about a lot the meta experience of I say any fan over yeah. the age of 10 not just sure. old people who've been around since the beginning but anybody who's had this in their lives mm-hmm. for a little bit of their cognizant existence yeah it's reflecting our journey too because we relate to both the new excitement yeah and the old sort of damage and horror in, in that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because
3: we, we're excited to see the Falcon. We'd be excited to fly the Falcon. We'd be excited to take out a TIE fighter. We would be like, whoa, that's a lightsaber. So the characters get to kind of, that's our journey through this too as well. But
2: then like Han, we know yeah. like it's not all fun. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you meet an <laughs> exciting person. You pat yourself on the back for blowing the thing up. But then the next thing you know, your buddy's hand is cut off. You're yeah. frozen in carbonite. <laughs> I just wanted to hang out and have a drink at a bar.
3: That was all That was yeah. Hans' start of his adventure. Then you got Guava, Guavian Death Gangs
2: and a Kanja Club after you. Um, <laughs> I, and I love that. I love that we spent, when I, the first time I saw it, I was like, I'm enjoying this scene. But why mm. is it here? And mm-hmm, then as mm-hmm. soon as the movie's over, it's clear to me like they're really resetting Hans' journey. And he's having his whole journey that we watched in the original trilogy again. Yeah. So that he can get to. I think, a death that is worthy yeah. of the legend Han Solo.
3: And we'll, we'll dive into it. Um, um, as we said on Jedi Alliance, did you win? Uh, changing my view on the Han Solo death scene, I'll reveal that later. Okay. I'll reveal <laughs> that later. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this break. Kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, overall, uh, the themes are pretty strong in this movie, and and I love uh, going to that death scene. I, we won't go into it, but the, the shots where they play with one side is light and one side It is dark. It's blue and red. Yeah. Literally literally blue blue and and red. red. There's that word again. Literally. Um, (laughs) It's all there, man. All the classic Star Wars stuff and and the hero's journey. And you're right, it's played out. And and Finn's journey is a little different and interesting because he's a, you know, I won't say a conscientious objector, but he's like, oh, this ain't right. And, but I don't know what is right. Cause he admits, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not part of the resistance. I'm, I just want to get away. And then
2: it becomes, I just want to get the girl. So yeah. eventually
3: it's going to become something
2: bigger. Right. Um, I think he is going to fall in line with what mm-hmm. the resistance really is and want wanting to be a hero. Yeah. And knowing that I can only go this far in my hero's journey mm-hmm. um, in there. And then I'm there to be raise support and confidant right. and, where that goes. Another uh, like thing that I noticed specifically today that mm-hmm. is really cool to me, sort of thematically, is what this movie is for a lot of us in real life is uh, the young awakening the old mm-hmm. in some way, mm-hmm. and that is I'm going to say it again, literally <laughs> in the movie, the Falcon is sitting there, old and unused, yeah, until garbage. our exciting young people run and get into it. Luke's lightsaber is just sitting there until a young person touches it. And we could get super heavy into into nerd theory here. Do it. R2-D2 is sitting there doing nothing until... Ray shows up.
3: Oh, I hundred percent think, and, and I I know some people are uh, like, uh, on, uh, yeah, I'd love to have seen R two more in this movie, but um, much like Luke, I was happy with the choice. Is it weird? Is it plot devicey that he? Hey, don't worry, R two's been in PS four rest <laughs> mode for a while. Yeah, but when you attach it to, he woke up because Ray showed. That is big, I think, to the story going forward, but something you can look back and go, man, that, that person had some
2: power. Yeah. Can I tell you the thing that I saw in your mm. compact disc? Yeah. So can I tell people about your compact disc experience? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one that I can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> so so Ken tells me before it's done to record, I got the soundtrack. It's really cool. There's nothing in my house with a laser. <laughs> That will allow this to be anything more than a coaster. So I was looking at uh, Ken's Star Wars coaster. It's got the beautiful booklets like the music used to come with that you could flip through with your hands. Uh, And it's got a lovely shot of the shot of Luke and R2 that we see in Ray's vision. We saw in the trailer. Now we know it's from Ray's vision of Luke putting his hand on R2, Mm -hmm. his mechanical hand. Uh, But that made me think even more. What if that was Luke in some way through the force telling R2, Wait, give this to the person who needs it. The right person. Give it to the person who is in air. Give it to the person who is. S-
3: okay. So what you're saying, if I'm following here, yeah. go
2: back to New Hope.
3: Uh, the, the battle plans for this Death Star are in, are in this droid. It is That is the moment of Luke saying, R2, I'm sending you back. Give this to the person who needs it. Give it, literally, it to the who needs it. Literally, again, yeah. we'll say the word. Literally, that might be the moment. I, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm subscribing to that theory. <laughs> Excellent. There is a lot in that vision. That you start to pick up on the second, third, four, and even today the fourth listen, yeah, uh, and viewing uh, and a I, lot in that yeah, vision,
2: yeah, a ton in that vision. Like um, a good vision in a movie should absolutely be. Yeah, have actually information. So <laughs> just spooky, weird times. Because I'll tell you, the
3: first the first time I saw it. It it happens kind of quick and you kind of you're like all right it's a vi- okay it's a vision oh that's the shot from the trailer it's and
2: ev- oh wait the vision's over <laughs> and I was busy just pumping my fist because I had yeah. been getting nervous up to that point that they were going to have Finn be the Force user okay the one that Moz Kanata is talking to in the trailer right and I so wanted it to be Ray mm-hmm. and I was really afraid that Ray was not going to be the fo- Force user so as soon as she touched Luke's lightsaber I was yeah. like literally Giddy. pumping my fist because. Uh, that means she is the one. The you one. Know? She is She's the Force the user. One. Uh Yeah, and I, I think it's cool also that they invest life in things. Yeah. More than any Star Wars movie has. Maybe mm. narratively even that, hey, mm. the Force goes through everything. Y- you know, the Falcon is special. The yeah. The lightsaber is special. R2 is special. All of, all the things that we don't think of as like yeah. being Force sensitive because they're not organic are kind of invested with life.
3: Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm telling you, um, as as we move maybe to breaking down the characters here more and, and, and individual things, um, for me, coming out of the first viewing, and, and it is on my re- my Spotlight Star Wars Gut Reaction Show, um, and I and I've said it, and, and I could, there's still a little bit of it there. But but for me, this this cover song notion of of this is uh, I definitely reject this as a reboot. Uh, yeah. Like some people are saying, it's not. No. Um, it's not unusual for a Star Wars movie to have similar things uh, from other movies. Um, references. Yeah. I came out of the first viewing like I wanted something more. The galaxy is big. Why do we need a third Death Star, including a trench run? And yeah, there's some of that still there but by the second viewing i was focused on the characters by the third viewing i was taking it all in and this one today now with some of the logic gaps uh the whole story kind of even makes more sense yeah and i really do accept the notion that we've got we've got new hope empire and jedi kind of thrown into this movie yep and i agree with what you and mark donica were talking about on jedi alliance with me the other night that that um this is how the story starts and now now it's wide open we got some of the basic stuff out ray finn and even Kylo Ren, go through some of the stuff we're familiar with to kind of launch
2: us into a wide open thing, That uh, some
3: stuff that we probably uh, will get new
2: and exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah, and even financially, I think the success mm. of this movie mm. is going to make it so the filmmakers don't need to play it as safe. I think very. you're
3: right, and, and you touched upon this being a... Uh, um like a big tentpole movie it, that that is what this is people and and screenwriting can only be so uh, abstract and weird and difficult in these big movies made for the world yeah. uh is this Transformers 4 no it's way better um but but look I look I liked Avengers but it was like the bad guy's going to destroy, try to destroy the world, and we got a ticking clock, and that's how you write a Save the Cat formatted script. Yeah. And, and this can't stray from that too much, and I think I accepted it more here. Would I have wanted, like I said on, on Jedi lines, a more a chase for Luke between two sets? Yeah, I could get with that but there is no what's the ticking clock and what's the end and and those basic things of of modern big tentpole storytelling had to be there so i'm definitely after the fourth viewing i'm not worried about another trench run with x-wings
2: yeah now i'm like cool i almost think it's there because it they needed something to serve a lot of little character and plot functions and why not have something that's kind of recognizable so we're not introducing something too new and crazy so i was thinking about after we talked about it last night sure it would have been a tighter story if it was just Kylo Ren has the other piece of the map, right. and Han Solo decides I'm going to save the galaxy by getting it from him. Right, uh, but then then you you lose the ticking clock. Mm-hmm. You lose them destroying the Hosdian system, which take which this is very subtle in the movie, but it takes out the Senate. It takes out yes. the Republic. There's no yes. government in Star Wars anymore. Everyone, mm-hmm. yeah. the galaxy is totally in a mess, and you lose that. We'll put a pin in that. Come right back to that if you yeah. finish your thought. Uh, and I think you lose you lose a little bit of specificity in Han doing multiple heroic things
3: mm-hmm.
2: by his own choice right in the in the star killer slash Death star three yeah allows those and it is and it is and it, maybe it
3: shouldn't have been shaped like a plan maybe it shouldn't have been a planet. i don't know that's all that stuff and and look the, the thing that soaks up from the sun and destroys the planets is a big big bondian superhero villainy yeah. but all right uh you know am i gonna have a problem with that versus you know anything else in the star wars galaxy <laughs> you know yeah. um i'm in the bubble i'm here um and the Sun Crusher was something else in the expanded universe and there's stuff that we're kind of familiar with um but uh, you know one of my least favorite scenes in the movie um and it's still not my favorite. I think it's it's over the top, but um, it contains a ton. Um, is uh, General Hawks uh, addressing the First Order right before yes. they blow up the planet? Yes. It's very villainy. It's Third Reich-y and And, Gen- and look, uh, Gleason's doing a fine job. And I think you, you get, I like Hawks, actually, even though he's a little bit of a whiny tattletale. But that's good. Yeah. I don't yeah. want my villains to be. I feel a little
2: bad because I've had a million people tweet at yeah. me that I, that I look exactly like General Hux. And he is a whiny tattletale. So I hope it's just a physical appearance that people aren't saying, you're kind of a whiny yeah, neo-Nazi. Yeah. Uh,
3: but in that scene, um, they explain, and I missed i missed it. I missed it the first two times. I picked it up last night. He's going, alright, so we're going to blow up planets. So, so as a fan, I'm telling you, fan, take away that Alderaan got blown up and it's something similar you've already seen before. Get over that roadblock right now because yeah. I had that too. Oh, guess what? They're doing five planets? I missed that it was the five planets that the republic, the new republic, now bases their operations out of there, including their fleet. Yep. And the resistance is a privately funded security force started by Princess Leia because she was concerned about this rising threat in the First Order and the Republic, the New Republic as, as you mentioned uh, offline in Aftermath, Mon Moth was like, we don't really want to get into wars again or far, or getting to, uh, building armies and stuff.
2: We don't want people to be a part of us out of fear.
3: We want it to right. be out of cooperation. Out of cooperation. And the First Order says great, we just drank your milkshake. Yeah. Um, your planets are gone, your fleet's gone, that little resistance is now a
2: rebellion. Yeah. Because <laughs> the First orders in charge and now going to take over everything yeah. yeah and then it gets it, yeah so it gets supported a couple times in the film in the opening uh crawl it says yes. very clearly with the uh the assistance or okay yeah. the thumbs up the from, thumbs up from the, with the thumbs up from the republic and i and uh, i even though i read that every word of
3: that crawl the first two times i, I picked up didn't pick up on it
2: yeah, that the resistance yeah. is kind of separate, which I really like because I didn't just want it to be. Or like, that, um, not that in the in the, this galaxy, uh,
3: women take their husbands' last names. But Leia Organa, it's yeah. Later, in most of the expanded universe and the Timothy zone, uh, it's Leia Organa Solo. Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. She's she's alone here, which makes one of the mysteries of this film: what is Ben's last name? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, then also they do. This is one of those little lines that get thrown away that actually tie things together. They, when the Starkiller base is targeting mm-hmm. uh, our friends on Dakar, which is the planet the Resistance base is mm-hmm. on, uh, they say that the, there's no fleet to protect us because the Republic fleet is gone. Right, and and uh, I think Threepio says, I think he's a, oh, without the fleet, we're doomed. Yeah. yeah, And you see in that shot of the of the Hosian system, a bunch of ships going up too. Yes, if you look closely. You do, you do if, if, and, and, and are watching in two D. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, and are and are looking for yeah. So so even there right now, that's kind of my overall view of the movie starts to change a little bit. And I'll, before before we break down into characters, jo- Joseph, we talked in the car about all right. I am loving this movie even more in the fourth viewing. I think by the fifth viewing of Phantom Menace, I was justifying a lot of the stuff by, well, Lucas based this on when the British army invaded South Africa. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and all that's probably true, too. I still think the story's okay in the prequels, guys. I still think that. But um, you were kind of telling me, Joseph, that like, all right, let's do some checkpoints to make sure we're not doing that, and I yeah. don't think we are.
2: Yeah, I don't think so at all. I, uh, obviously, anybody who's been listening to me uh, talk the last year, I'm a huge prequel defender. I think there are many things in the Force Awakens that are uh, greatly uh, enriched by accepting the prequels in the big picture. Yeah, but the prequels are do have some things that are just kind of traditionally not great, like yeah, some bad, bad bad filmmaking, bad scripting, and and not great acting. So I feel like the things that we were picking apart about Phantom mm-hmm. Menace were so much more fundamental, and we're in this wonderful, beautiful place where uh, we have this delicious chocolate cake and we're just <laughs> getting to debate, was it the exact flavor I wanted? Was it the best <laughs> choice of frosting? So I feel like, as Star Wars fans, we're, we're really lucky. Yeah, uh, I also really liked, the thing yeah. that I was afraid of in comparison to the prequels, is uh, I was afraid it would be too cutesy in yeah. terms of being desperate on fan service, right? desperate to wink and nod, and I feel like every every nah. single wink or nod was in universe. Uh, very much sense so. in universe. Yeah,
3: the the thing I the perhaps the only thing that seemed a little bit out of it, but it's only because we've never really heard it directly addressed in the Star Wars universe is is Finn asking Rey if she's got a boyfriend. Uh, was yes. a little postmodern for me, but at the same time, I mean, there's clearly love and sex in the in the universe. Yeah, so it would be like, hey, cute girl, you got a you got a boyfriend? Like I, I, I was. I'm fine with that. The first couple, the first time, it jarred me a little okay, bit. Okay,
2: just a little, just a little boyfriend. bit. But,
3: but I still think this is the funniest Star Wars movie, and he, and, and, and bb 8s the key for me. BB-8 is if, hilarious. If BB-8 was done wrong, we'd be talking about a Jar Jar type uh, the thing uh, in meaning, not a slight on Jar Jar, but just like the thing they tried to make funny and and Damn. add change the tone of it was a big mistake and didn't come off wrong or came out wrong. And this one BB-8 is is a superstar, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got. My first viewing, he got probably the most laugh lines. Yep, and I think he has some of the best acting choices in the film, <laughs> and that's saying a lot because I think every actor knocks it out of the park. But yep. BB Eight makes some great choices <laughs> as an actor.
3: This, this droid, uh, voiced, uh, voice consulted by Bill Hader and uh, the other guy from Parks and Rec, Ben Schwartz, I think is his name. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, it's it's uh, it's done so well that it, it adds just another layer. And even the beginning, I keep talking about Oscar Isaac setting the tone for a dark, serious moment. But that gray moment, it gets a laugh every time I see it now from the. Audience of, uh, uh do I talk? You talk. How does this go? How does yeah. this go? And then, and then him saying, "I can't understand you with the mask." That the apparatus to me is a direct hint that Poe knows that this is this is uh, Ben. Poe knows that it's Ben, and he's like, um, "Whatever, kid."
2: Yeah, in along those lines, I love all of the sort of themes with masks, and it's kind of yeah explicit with Kylo Ren and mm-hmm. Ben, where lots of people are giving him crap for basically. Hiding behind the mask, yeah, kind of not earning it. But then I, I didn't pick up until this viewing. Like all of our heroes start with masks, absolutely. So Finn starts with the helmet, and mm-hmm. Ray starts completely, yeah. masked. And both Finn and Ray are desperate to take their masks off. Yeah, uh, and Kylo absolutely. is desperate to keep his on, which is just sort of like another fun, <laughs> fun detail
3: uh th- th- that is a literal statement that yeah. is the title of this episode literally
2: <laughs> the force literally, literally. awakens but
3: yeah you're right absolutely they all lit- literally have the masks on at the, the and and, yeah. and uh that's a good uh, this this uh Kasdan, man and aren't i'd love to get into how they what are first version of what they may have got them either replaced or just the script passed on to the next set of hands which is Pretty normal in Hollywood, but uh, it seemed to be from the outside contentious. I, I'm waiting for Chris Taylor to add this to his new book. chapter.
2: I kind of uh, feel like it's maybe Harrison mm-hmm. Ford saying, can I, I just want to do the one. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I go after that? And yeah. then at that point, because uh, I've, I've heard whispers that aren't script was a little bit more centered on. The new, the new, the right. new, and yeah. If you're if you're gonna let Hansolo go, you gotta spend some time with him. And and, and no better person to do that than, than Lawrence
3: Kasdan. And yeah, and, um, his handprints are all over this man. Yeah, this this, uh, uh, this is uh, the humor and, and heart of, of Empire, man. Yeah. Um. Though though Kasdan definitely had a lot to. do. I mean, he wrote Jedi, but that was. Probably not his vision, as <laughs> no. you you were saying, and, and your theory that this is maybe Kasdan re- redoing Jedi more uh, than the yeah,
2: hope. Yeah, I, and I, somebody else said that. I had thought it was you. Maybe it was. We've, we talk a lot. We talk a lot. Um, but I feel like with the idea that Han uh, dies in mm-hmm. a hero's sacrifice and the idea that, sure, if we're going to bring the Death Star back, fine, but let's just not literally do the Death Star again, which are things I've always heard that Kasdan wanted, which right. is what we got in this movie.
3: Yeah. So let's start diving into some characters, yeah, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Um should we start with the big baddie or were you yeah. or you, you just want to start with uh, the uh, the um kanja club? <laughs> the Kanja club.
2: Okay, I'll say one critical thing. Yeah. Uh, a little too close to ganja. <laughs> the, on my on my third view, viewing, I was like, wait a minute, the pot club? The pot club, the pot gang? The Kanja club, is, um the Guvian Death Gang uh, uh, and uh, uh, the pot dealers. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, yeah we'll I'd be happy. There. We'll yeah. start
3: there. But should we go with Kylo Ren? Yeah, I think. I think yeah. that's the biggest one. I feel like we should dive into that. And I think it's also one that uh, most people, after their first viewing, have the most questions and apprehensions and dislike of is Kylo Ren as a whole. I see a lot of positives. Yeah. And I. Uh, and I'm hearing a lot more, and people on their second viewing reaffirming their like from. But but the, when he took his helmet off in the first viewing, I saw people laughed. Oh, really? Um. Yeah. And and, and that might be Adam Driver and the. Stigma of girls or his yes. feathered hair. I don't know. I feel for him because I think he nailed it. And on, yeah. on, on third and fourth viewing, this is uh, an immensely complicated and multi layered villain.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen Girls, and I'm really, really glad because Adam Driver yep. is uh, fresh to me. He's good in it. Uh, he, uh, I think it, he's. But it's the show.
3: It's it's a lot to do with Lena Dunham and all that stuff. But, yeah, and he's kind of a at times a whiny boyfriend and. A, uh, okay i get it yeah so if you know girls and it's just like what it's the whiny boyfriend guy when he first took his helmet off and he speaks the first time without it okay uh i went uh uh-uh. um, got over that fast even by my first viewing yeah. but i was it, it, there was laughter in the crowd and he starts talking and i was like oh boy he's like breaking up Lena dunham or something um and that's that's no fault of him
2: yeah i no feel fault like of him. by then we already know that he wants to live up to mm-hmm. his grandfather Yeah, and I feel like in Star Wars, uh, always physical damage to your body is a metaphor of damage to your soul. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's obviously you know Luke looks at his damaged hand and sees that he doesn't want to be like his father, who is you know artificial hand. He just and and it goes on and on, obviously. Um, And I think it was really powerful to me to have a guy hiding behind a mask who doesn't need it for right. any reason right for any sort of physical damage and it it makes him feel more like a frustrated little scared yeah. guy who wants to be a big twisted for real damaged guy yeah. like his grandfather but he's not and and i think the fact that he has no scars really reflects that great speech mm-hmm. of like i i am in danger of being seduced yeah. by the light yeah and such a great powerful inversion it
3: is it is it a great inversion of what we're used to of uh, of uh, the villain being bad and and wanting to go to the light and this guy doesn't want to he starts off exactly what everyone wanted Kylo Ren to be, and I believe this is a problem of uh, expectations and what we want. We all love Darth Maul, gone too soon, not used too much. Vader, we we forget that he was Anakin, and everyone kind of likes that he was the big evil bad guy, and, and the society uh, I see it in pro wrestling, everyone loves the heels. They yeah. don't want to root for the Luke Skywalker uh, uh, baby faces. Um, Kylo Ren starts the movie exactly how we wanted. Cool outfit, gets some cool force powers, gets a, a, a weird voice um, that right away you kind of say, oh, this is, is it's fake you know like he's he is playing who uh, but he's still ominous and he still yeah. has powers but then it starts to slowly unravel and that's where it gets interesting to me
2: yeah absolutely and the revelation of not only ray's power of being able to resist him through the force mm-hmm. and by the way really cool new force power that just lots of mind control mind reading really cool yeah. um in that the one thing she picks out is that he is afraid Yep. Uh, we get the sort of narrative information that he 's afraid he 'll never be as powerful as Darth Vader, but the key thing to me is that he is afraid, yeah, and this is a, a thing where I think the movie is enriched by knowing the prequels and mm-hmm. knowing how much the theory is that you get to the dark side, starting with fear, yeah by being afraid of loss, afraid that you 're not good enough, afraid for any reason, and then once that 's locked in with that character, everything he does mm-hmm. is
3: fear based. I have been asked several times already, you know, what's your favorite scene in the movie? And I, I was struggling to give an answer. Well, maybe it's the end. Maybe it's this battle. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. I was trying to be too cute. Maybe it's, uh, you know, Judah Friedlander, cameo in, uh, in the uh, Maz Kanata's place, which I picked up this time. Um, oh, is
2: he in there? He's in there. Oh, wow.
3: uh, when she says Han Solo, there's a, there's a Ooh, cut, and he's like in the bottom of the screen. Okay. It's, it's Judah. Um, I've got my favorite scene now, and it's that interrogation scene. Because yeah. to me, that is the crux of the entire movie. It is his arrogance. He's so arrogant and confident who he is that he takes his masks off, mask off when he asks, the girl asks, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I you got the mask on. Well, I'll take it off. I can take what I want. You know I can take what I want. Yeah. And she is like, oh, this guy can take what he wants. And then she finds the force in that moment, not knowing, I don't think, really what it is yet, and discovers that it's... He's fear based and that, that drives the character the rest away, but also it unveils unveils uh, a lot about it because what does he say to Ray? Mr. Scrimshaw, what does he say? I see what you're dreaming. You can't sleep at night. Yeah. You you wish you, you didn't have a father. Yep. You wanted Han to oh, Han will disappoint you. And you dream every night of an ocean and an island in the ocean. Yeah. And that ties to the very end yeah, of the yeah. movie. Yeah. So
2: all that's in that scene. Yeah, in in the fact that he actually screwed up that bad that he saw where Luke was. Mm-hmm. And, and and just used it to taunt her because he thought she was lonely yeah. instead of going like, oh, that's the information <laughs> this whole movie has been leaning to. Yeah. And even going back to the mask in the beginning of that scene, mm-hmm. I don't think Ray is intending to play him. But she immediately gets one up by saying, uh, yeah. I'm not going to give information to a creature in a mask. So literally using the word creature, like not yeah. human. And, you know, he takes the mask off showing her. I'm just a guy. I'm just a dude with feathered hair. I don't even have a big, (laughs) cool scar across my face that you're going to give me in a bit. Yeah. Uh, You know, so there's no outward... symbolizing yeah. of my monstrous insides, which he has now, which is yeah. awesome.
3: I'm just a dude that women find attractive and men don't understand why I'm attractive or yeah. why their girlfriends think I'm attractive. I'm just <laughs> this
2: dude yeah. on TV. Um, yeah. his, his his delivery, I think, I think he's a, a great actor. I think he gives mm-hmm. a better performance than Hayden Christensen, sure. but I am thrilled that some of his vocal intonations sound a lot like Hayden Christensen. Very much. And at the end of the film when he's really losing it and where he screams traitor at... It's- Finn, it sounds like Hayden Christensen losing it at the end of Revenge of the Sith.
3: Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that. We touched on it a little bit on Jedi Lions when I was on Friday night with you, about I think retroactive, we might we might owe Hayden some apologies. <laughs> um, look, we can't, like you and I said to our, each other in the car, you can't erase the sand scene. Uh, you said you can't take away the creep out of him. Um, yeah. But... Uh, absolute in watching it this time when he yells traitor it is exactly like Hayden Anakin in the final fight
2: with yeah and I had that moment of like I love that that Star Wars like where's that from like that's it's it's and I I honestly think it's good performance some of Hayden Christensen's best performances at the end of Revenge of the Sith yeah when he is scared and angry and weepy and like consumed with the power of the dark side Mm -hmm. but still not convinced of his choice Yeah. That he made the right choice to the point where he's actually like, you know, crying on Mustafar. Yeah. And it seems like Kylo Ren is in that same place of like, please, please just let the darkness take me totally. So I don't have to feel any guilt or doubt anymore That's where he is in this film and he can't get there yet. Right. Maybe by the maybe these events will have brought him there at the very end of the film. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just love everything about Kylo Ren.
3: I I, I do love it more and more, and then and, and and that might uh, lead us talking to a little bit about uh, maybe we go to Han Solo where it, there's a big connective thread of that, and it's his son, it's his father, uh, and it all ties in because I, I want to talk about the the death scene. Yeah, let's do that and, and dive into that. So maybe we start from that point. Uh, the, well, we start from this point. Harrison Ford did a great job. Amazing, and it was the Han Solo that was a New Hope and some of the funniest moments. Chewy again. Some of the best humor comes from just Chewie. killing it. My yeah. favorite thing is the kanji uh, Club again. Tasu Leach saying, hey, uh, twice. You let me down
2: twice. And Han's like, eh, twice. And and, and, and just Chewie's facial reactions in yeah. that scene. There are two laughs that have been entirely consistent over the three viewings that I have in terms of like size and duration of laugh. And as yeah. a comedian, I study these things. <laughs> uh the should. The uh, BB-8's lighter thumbs up. Right. And it's kind of a subtle joke. But when Ray and Finn are disagreeing about who Han Solo is—is is he a mm-hmm. uh, Republic hero or is he a smuggler—and uh, then they say oh, he's kind of a war hero—and she's like, like, "Not really." He sure. kind of shrugs it off, like, eh, "Not really." That's so great, and it's kind of subtle in the fact that the audience hooks on it so powerfully. It's like, "Man, and, and
3: that were uh, good you know, comedy." I always, uh, you know, I always talk my way out of it. I always do. Just all that stuff. So, so it, we could go we're already 45 minutes we can go another 45 on han solo himself but i want to get to that end um my, I did have a problem with it coming out of the first and, and maybe even second viewing where uh, I didn't like some of the writing. Okay. Uh, I didn't like, uh, I thought the stakes weren't as high uh, and I thought the scene was very telegraphed. I knew it was coming from a fan perspective from the moment it started and that's okay. Yeah. Um, I thought there were some beats one or two too long. Um, I'll say this and you explained some of the circumstances behind it that are now more clear to me and became cool. more clear to me on the third viewing. I literally hung up from Jedi Alliance and popped into dinner with Matt and Brittany and popped into the movie <laughs> and you're are in my brain when oh, that good. scene happens. Um, it's still not my favorite, but now I think I know why. Okay, cool. It's less to do with the scene. I don't know, and I think John Roke over Far, Far Away had a similar thought, so I don't want to completely say it's just mine or my reaction. I don't feel we get enough time to stop and, and, and mourn his death in story. As fans we do. As fans we are. Um, but Chewie has his moment. Uh, Leia has her fourth stroke yeah. um, and feels it. But then that's it for me. And um, look, Leia's got her head down. She's depressed. And the saddest moment for me is Chewie with his head down depressed. That's yeah. where I actually started to cry the first time I saw it. I didn't cry during his death. I cried when Chewie, uh, they cut to him and he's just sitting there. And it looks very New Hope in the colorings and the, of his fur and everything. But not that I wanted a funeral. I didn't want a Qui-Gon funeral. Right. And it's I wanted I wanted Leia to hug Chewie. I wanted Chewie to not come out and just kind of mold into the crowd after he drops Finn off, and then and, and Rey and, and Leia have a moment, which I'm fine with that moment, because yeah, it, it's a deep, probably heavy story moment. yeah. Uh, it's like Leia going, hi again. Uh, you probably don't remember me, but... Um, yeah,
2: something going on there in that hug. And that might be what I have the problem with. I think that the moment where you can find that catharsis, and then I'd love to talk a little bit more about the actual yeah, death it, scene, it should, yeah. but I think the... Catharsis moment for the audience is that well, A, a lot of these people don't have as much of an attachment to Luke, and they're kind of having their Yavin-based celebration in the fair background, enough. not really fair enough, not really aware of the sacrifice, mm-hmm. like our principal heroes in the audience are. And then when R2 wakes up, mm. it's it's not only narrative, it's a little bit of that like not all hope is lost just because Han is right. gone. And it's kind of literally in those lines between 3BO in mm-hmm. Leia. It was like probably the most emotionally perceptive that 3PO has ever been when right. he says, I think we might have some much needed good, good news. news. Yeah, would you like to hear? I can't remember what the actual line of dialogue is, but it, yeah. I think Leia says please or indeed or yes. Uh, it's uh, a one-word response from Leia, but it's packed with emotion. Tell me, she says. Tell, tell
3: me. me, which is re- she says it in a very Jedi, return of the Jedi fashion. Yes, uh, it's when it's similar to her acting uh, when when Luke reveals the stuff to her on but, the Ewok bridge. But,
2: but yeah, exactly, yeah. But it felt to me like three PO in a strange moment of being non clueless says, "Are you ready to pick up the pieces and keep moving?" And she yeah. says. Yes. yes. I, I agree with
3: that. And also, I, you in, in story, I could crawl ins- inside the bubble and say, also, people are like, hey, did you hear the general's ex-husband died? <laughs> yeah,
2: that guy who ran away for a long time. We yeah. don't know. Did he run away two years ago? Did he run away 17 years ago? Yeah. I mean, probably not there's, by there's Kylo something. Ren's age, but we don't know exactly.
3: Yeah, you know, so, uh, and look, I've also, it's also been established that Princess Leia is somewhat of a uh, Paul McCartney-esque uh, bury her face and work. Yes. Um, Alderaan blows up, and it's probably a story gaff that's spun off off into canon but it's like uh she has almost no reaction other than the moments where Alderan she immediately is like oh poor luke you lost your one friend like i'll console you not my whole planet i just oh, lost
2: you, i understand you lost two parental <laughs> figures uh three parental figures but mm. i lost my planet i grew up
4: say hello to a new era of mental health care
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
3: It's reasonable to me to crawl into that story bubble and think, all right, Leia is processing as she moves forward. And, and I agree with that moment. Um, and then the scene itself, uh, we'll get into the logic explanations of it. I see what you're saying more now. And it's set up early. It's also set up in the scene uh, at Maz Kanata's uh, a palace after it's destroyed where Han sees his son, sees her carrying Rey, mm-hmm. doesn't just, he's afraid. Go, he doesn't want to deal he's with it. He's afraid. Yeah, and, this is what the
2: real reason he's yeah. running. Is. And, and Finn's like, hey, did you, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think it is, uh, I think Han's whole story is a, a recapitulation of his journey mm-hmm. in the first film. And he a journey to not connect, not have feelings.
3: Right.
2: That also, you know, echoes back to is it good to have attachments or not? Uh, right. Nice, deep uh, themes of friendship. But in particular, the fact that he gets as far to talk to Leia, mm-hmm. he has his emotional reason of just, uh, there's too much Vader in him. And it, yeah. it it echoes like that moment on the bridge in Return of the Jedi Mm-hmm. when he asks Leia what's wrong, gets mad, makes what I call his Han man noise, like, ah, I'm not going to deal with this, and then has that change of heart and turns and, mm-hmm. and let, opens himself up. And I feel like that's what this is, too, of he's really afraid. Mm-hmm. He just wants his son to be dead. And Leia asks him to go on a mission. Right. Leia gives him a mission. Mm-hmm. And I love that there's just no BS. They've hugged, and she just says, if you see him, bring him home. Right. She doesn't try to talk him into, like, if you see him try to talk some sense into him. Yeah. She is the general and she gave her soldier, her husband, her friend, yeah, in assignment. Yeah. And, and and
3: and in that hug there's the the I think Ford plays it as uh, I don't want to do this but I'm going to go do this for her and I I see that a lot more now and I think uh uh it makes some sense to me so, so I can I can you know, again, the scene did affect me. I said that on my Spotlight Star Wars. It did affect me because uh, when Chewie's sad, I'm sad. Uh, I, yeah. just, I just felt maybe I, uh,
2: you know, again, Qui Gon got a funeral. Why can't Han get a <laughs> right, funeral? Right, yeah, a little bit closer. Um, and I, I would also say for Han's hero hero's journey, mm-hmm. he, you know, I, I think his heroism is awakening too because he's mm-hmm. the one who goes there. Uh, Finn goes just to find Rey. And yes. he says, the galaxy yeah. is depending on us. That's a great Han Solo line for the yeah. end of his journey. So he's already kind of completing his hero's journey yeah. by saying, no, we're here. It's our responsibility. We have to, he's the one who sees that the the X-Wings aren't going to get through, decides yeah. to go back. And then there's this even deeper sort of like, yeah, that's great. You'll risk your body to blow things up. But will you risk your soul to yeah. speak to your son?
3: Yeah. And, and that's there. And look, even going back earlier when he, his, his uh, it's true, uh, all of its speech happens at the same spot that in New Hope, he's telling you it's all a bunch of uh, mumbo jumbo. Same spot, like in the time of the film, the location. Yeah. yeah, everything. It's a bookend and that's that's very well thought of stuff. So I can definitely get into it. And, and I look, I'm okay. With the actual death, and it's a Ned Stark type of moment where he he's in season uh, one of Game of Thrones about episode four or five. uh, Ned Stark's like packing up his bags to leave. All right, I'll stay. And then you're like, as you watch as a fan, you're like, just go, go, go. Han has that moment. They're going ah, the X wings. All right, let's do it. So I get it. He turns around. There is more of a sacrifice that's key to the actual mission. And I think I told you I early on I thought his death didn't serve any purpose to the mission itself. Again, crawling into the story bubble, and I see it more now. Yeah, Um, it's and you have to look for it. That yeah. it's, they crack the little hole that Poe gets in. The scene itself um, shot beautifully. Again, it's very clear to me they got the blue, they got the red yeah. and then right when the sun goes out it goes all red. Ren, yeah. Ren turns. Um, I'm fine with it. And I, The unceremonious falling off of uh, the
2: railing is fine for me. Yeah. It's perfect for me. I think you have to make it a, Han is mythic mm-hmm. but not, he's never been the force user but he's yeah. an icon to us. Now we know that in in universe, people know him yeah. as a kind of a legend, yeah, of some kind, either as a smuggler or a war hero. Um, so you have to give some elegance, for lack of a better word, yeah, something that doesn't make him just meat and bones, yeah. But it's like a legend literally falls into the abyss, yeah. Falls, um,
3: um, it's not bloody. It's yeah. he's still able to have his last moment. Um, I think the scene itself too, though. I mean, uh, it was beautifully shot in some of it, but I. I'm breaking it down, and this is where we're talking about. My chocolate cake, I like sprinkles. <laughs> um, I didn't. I still don't like the "come home, we miss you" line. I'm, I'm sorry, Lawrence Kazdin. I'm really breaking apart your genius. I have no skills in this area. It sounded a little too me, much like "come home, we'll play some board games, have some cheese and some crackers, yes. and you and your mom and I will catch up." Fair enough. I'm being a, an idiot there. Uh, I didn't though, and I still after the fourth viewing, I, I get it. And again, it goes to tentpole filmmaking. Ray and Finn run in, and they just sit and watch from the balcony, like Statler, Wald- Waldorf. Yeah, and that um, is
2: just kind of, it, it's also narrative convenience that they haven't heard this information that yeah. Kylo Ren is Han's son. Right. And so they we get a right. reaction shot from them. Here's what I like about the dialogue. Okay. Uh, here Here's the, the it sprinkles on my chocolate cake. Okay. And I'm, I'll say most of it I like it. It's that one okay, line. But go okay. ahead. But and, and, put, and Put your sprinkles on my Your cake. perspective is good. And I was amused in the back of my head mm-hmm. when that line came on. And I heard you saying, let's go home, maybe play some Parcheesi. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it, it, I interpret it as a funny line as well. I, I see your point. Um, but I, I like that Han says, well, if Luke couldn't get through to him, what can I say? And mm-hmm. Leia says, Luke's a Jedi. You're his father. Right. And I think a lot of these issues are going to be. Han, as much as we love him, we can all pretty much imagine Han being fun dad, who's maybe not actually a good dad. He's the one that turns on the video games and cooks mac and cheese on pizza for dinner. Yeah, and then maybe has a little too much Jawa juice or jet juice. (laughs) And Leia says, go study your force. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And so I feel like that, I feel like the dialogue is not great from a, what what would a hero say? Mm -hmm. It's, this is the Best, most honest dad stuff that Han says. Gotcha. Han probably didn't say "I love you" or "We miss you" a lot. Mm-hmm. He that that I love how his tone ch- changes. He yeah. yells Ben authoritatively, yeah. like turn around, and look at me, and even like you know what? Why do you want me to? take a, What do you think you are going to see? And the face of my son is still authoritative. Yeah, and then he opens himself up and he gets vulnerable, and it's it's not out of ignorance yeah. that he gets really close to a dark lord. He knows what. Mm-hmm. a powerful jedi can do and, yeah. it, and it's a choice to be yeah. all i have is to walk up to you and say in my own clumsy way it's not too late for you you don't have to do this it's a mm-hmm. bad decision snoke's just gonna crush you mm-hmm. just come home with me son i miss you that's I, right. I, i'm not good with words but this is all i got
3: right I, I, I'm on board, Dan. I'm on board. It's it's, it's I'm on board. There's high, look. There's high expectations. We all kind of could have guessed this death was happening. So my expectations. I don't know if I wanted him to die like Boromir in, in Fellowship of the Rings with a bunch of arrows being into him. I don't know no. how I would have redone it. And I trust Kasdan and Abrams. And and it's for me. It's 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 there. Um. Um. And I like it more than I liked after the first viewing. That's yeah. for sure. I think I'll probably get there a little bit more. Your wise insight is true <laughs> on this scene. You have to be
2: delicate about it too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because he is a cultural icon that we grew up with. Yeah, um, I think for some people it's like watching your brother, or your dad die. Yeah. in a more powerful way because we've lived with it. In kids, it's PG thirteen, yeah. but I've seen a seven year old at every showing I've been to, and yeah. I'm only going to see more. So you gotta handle it with a little bit of. And I think that's a part of the reason is telegraph. So even a little kid can, can figure start something. to feel something bad's going to happen right. to our, our right. space grandpa Han Solo.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just like, I don't want him to go out like Randy Quaid in 94, you know? I, I'm trying, <laughs> so I'm thinking, I, I'm trying to, you know, it's not a problem to have a solution, so right. I don't have the fan solution for it. Again, I'm a fan. I don't know more than the creators, so that's why I don't edit fan films. Uh, or do fan, <laughs> doing fan edits myself. Um, but uh, I'm still not quite there in the scene, but it's definitely there. Um, but what follows uh, is the lightsaber battles. Yeah. Can I we love. talk
2: about Kylo Ren real quick? Yes, please. About his lines in that Oh, absolutely. Because I'm, I'm more okay with those now, too. Yeah, yeah. It, I'll make this quick, because I, I want to oh, move yeah. on to lightsaber battle. But I really like, uh I've always really liked the from a certain point of view theme right. that runs through Star Wars. you mm-hmm. know I was curious if it was going to pop up in Force Awakens. And uh after a couple of viewings, I kind of found that in mm-hmm. Kylo Ren's speech, because what he is saying is 100% true from his point of view which is that great inverse of I don't want to be seduced. He's saying truly, honestly, Father, can you help me not be seduced by the light side? Can you just, can you basically hold my hand while I kill you? Yeah. Because I need the strength to kill you. And I kind of just need my dad here to be with me while I do this hard thing, which unfortunately is (laughs) killing you, killing you. And that man is that rich and complex. And, you know, we've had so much father, son, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, just parent, child Mm -hmm. stories in Star Wars. And what a rich uh, parent, child moment and great from a certain point of view, because Han hears it the way he wants to hear it. And it's explicitly true, but from the opposite Uh, opposite. point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Ren's not lying.
3: Yeah. he's not lying and on the first viewing it comes off again driver a victim of his own success on girls where it, it, it comes off as pouty and whiny uh and um, this is me on my first viewing and by second third now fourth no it's it's actually it's actually pretty damn solid and you're right it's i was like oh he's straight out telling him what he's about to do yeah. not, i don't think he i don't even think ren's trying to trick him i, I literally think he's, think he's just saying I'm conflicted. Uh, Help me.
2: Yeah, I don't think he's playing him at all. It's just sort of. It almost is just like, Dad. Can you just can you help me hold the saber steady? Yeah. While I kill you. Yeah. You know. And I. And I. When I first saw it, I was wondering how much Han understood that. In I don't think he does. I think there's. Yeah. He has a moment of realization. Yeah. I think there's a play because they're playing with the lightsaber. Like the,
3: the the filmmakers play with the notion that hey, Han, grab the lightsaber, and then then there's that grab. So there's like a two two beat grab of power over the lights. F- yeah. F- but but I think I think Ren the whole time was like, yeah, just put your hand on the lightsaber. Help me, like you said, literally guided into you. Yeah. Um. So that the the scene has a lot of undertones in it that maybe again, much like this movie, uh, is is deeper upon repeated viewings. Which makes me love it even more, because uh, there's so much there. Uh, it is a popcorn movie, but also it it really, really uh, adds layers to the Star Wars myths. Yeah, it really does. Um, speaking of layers, there's a lot of layers to Ray,: Yeah um a lot of r- r- lot of them and um we can talk ad nauseum uh about how great daisy really was and we'll do it again i'm sure but to focus right now just on the character herself there's a lot to that character a lot in that vision alone yeah um people uh, even i came out the first film well what happened between those 30 years i think a lot's explained in that vision um which apparently now maybe has uh, Ben Kenobi's voice, uh, maybe Ewan yeah. McGregor in there. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and someone saying it's
2: uh, these, these are the first steps. Uh-huh. Which yeah is a good echo of yeah. the Obi Wan Kenobi li- line of your first step into a larger world, which yeah. I really picked up on. I feel like I'm hearing a little bit of Luke's no from Bespin in there. Yes, and it start the vision starts on Bespin, right?
3: Is that that's that, yeah? That's to
2: me, uh, I had just seen that initially as like uh, the new Star Destroyer kind right. of hallway, um, but no, it does look like Bespin, and there's a Vader breath right at the beginning.
3: Yes, there is. So that, yeah, yeah, it's reminiscent at at, at worst, it it, it it is at, at best. Um, so the vision itself, but anyways, the execution of this character, um, is, is, marvelous. Um, and, and again, in a world clamoring for strong female characters, I think they nailed it in a lot of different ways. Yep. Beyond just, ain't she cool? She fires a uh, spaceship and fights. Yeah. No, there's a lot other there. It's it's a human.
2: Yeah. It's a a human who. Imagine got, that. Uh, yeah. No, a human. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, I think there are all of these sort of pump your fist, awesome, feminist moments, but they mm-hmm. are not. Uh, they are human moments. They're yeah. not explicitly feminist moments, which actually, yeah. to me, makes them more feminist because it's just yeah. a human can be all these things too. Yeah. Uh, and I, but I think it comes organically out of a character who was left alone and say said colbert family you fend for yourself for a while we'll be Mm -hmm. back for you and everything about her is just like i she's utterly charming but also like hey i can take care of myself like from like why are you holding my hand like almost honestly mystified of like I know, I know where I'm going, and I don't need you to hold my hand yeah. to run. Yeah. Uh, in that great scene where she is trying to get Finn to hand her the correct tool. <laughs> <laughs> the one I'm pointing at. The one I'm pointing to. Um, uh, in yeah. There, yeah, so there's those great moments like that, that but she's also absolutely, yeah. like, incredibly likable and warm. In that. So it doesn't yeah. fe- feel like this, like, I'm being defiant to show you in a kind of crappy screenwriting way, yes. like, I'm a tough girl. It's just... She's both. Yeah, because I, I would have, I would have
3: been, I would have had a little bit more of a negative reaction if that had been. uh, Not that I'm one of those. Don't you shove it down my face? But I would have been like, I would have rolled my eyes with my cynical breath. I see what you're doing. Yeah, they didn't do that.
2: No, it's just from
3: the beginning they didn't do it to the very end.
2: Yeah, just a great organic character. You know, and we see her fear and we see her resilience and uh, I mean, I I feel like my emotional connection to this film is Mm -hmm. Ray absolutely even though she is a different gender than me and younger i want to be her when i grow up yeah and that's the way a hero should make you feel yeah because she has those moments of um i can do this myself or i'll ask for help when i when i feel vulnerable and need it but like when she turns the tables on kylo ren and and realizes that she can Mm -hmm. read uh can kind of attack him back it's that great moment of Life is frustrating and hard for all of us, and that mm-hmm. that realization of agency, mm-hmm. I think, makes her really powerful. Ha- having the power, yeah, and and uh, like I said, the Jakku
3: stuff—it just—it's—it's. It's, I don't know why. It's really part of my favorite sequences of the movie. Yeah, it's just really powerful. Uh, and, it, and it's a girl foraging for supplies to get food to eat. Yeah, um, I just love it. I love. Uh, the interplay with BB-8 right from the start again a testament to how well they hit the hit the ball out of the park with BB-8 uh, no pun intended on the ballpark with BB-8 <laughs> but um, she she you know uh, Mark Hamill had to act with against snakes and puppets in Empire and she had to act against a, a robot early yeah. on and uh, set her tone for her character. Uh, the humor, the charm, her save the cat moment, is saving BB-8 literally, and uh, um, it just—I'm so invested in that character. She, she probably right now is my second favorite Star Wars character behind the guy who went Han Solo. Yeah, um, yeah,
2: yeah. And I and the um, just the force ability stuff, I feel like is also organic to her character. Like the, we can get into Star Wars logic, but so it's let, well, organic th- to her character too. That she'd be like, "I've heard of mind reading. I'm gonna try it."
3: A lot of people like uh, I even got tweets today of like. Um, you know, uh, so, so why Why does she suddenly know how to do the mind control? And I type back plot hole. Um, but that's also, she is aware of who Luke Skywalker is. Yes, she has never left that planet. Finn I understand might know because he was taught that that's one of our enemies.
2: Yeah. Um that's the point of this organization right now is to kill that dude.
3: But when she so adorably says, "Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth." Yeah. And the, the second view and you're like, "Oh girl, just stand by." <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're going to you're going to meet that myth. Yeah. Uh, and you might be even part of it. Um but um so it's clearly she knows and the oh, wait the Jedi are true. So at some point she's an educated scavenger. Um I have to imagine at some point she picked up something. Yeah, am I putting a lot into it to maybe fill something? Because one of my favorite scenes is the mind control scene. Oh, yeah. And that was even before I scene. figured out with the rest of the world it was James Bond. Yeah. Um, I love that. There's some great humor in that scene. It's a great scene. Um, but, yeah, it did stand out initially to me. Like, well, how does she know to do that? Um, but the force is pretty magical and mystical, Joseph. Yeah, force is Joseph. magical,
2: yeah. And we've been, we've been told that part of... That the the way the force works is different people have a stronger connection to it. She has an incredibly strong connection to it. And then the other thing is to not be full of uh, preconceived notions mm-hmm. that things can't be done. And that just tells us something else about her character of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, if I allegedly have this force and you can do this with this force, I should be able to do this. So all that scene is, is her following Yoda's advice without ever yeah. having ever heard it of mm-hmm. do or do not. There is no try. Right. But she just knows, I know I should be able to do this based on the information I have, yeah. so I'm going to try. And after a couple of tries, she, <laughs> she nails it. She nails it. Yeah. In a hilarious fashion. Um,
3: yeah, so um, I guess with her character for me, uh, from that point, I mean, again, I already spoke uh, about the interrogation scene, which to me is my favorite scene because it is the key to um, the story going forward. It is the, it is, she, people keep saying, how does she defeat Ren in the lightsaber battle? And we're going to yeah. get, we're going to get to that. But I, I got to tell you folks, she didn't beat him there. She beat him in the interrogation scene.
2: Yeah. And uh, you're helping me fill out all of the nuance yeah. in that. Mm-hmm because I was so focused just on it's so cool that she has agency and starts to realize that she has these abilities, too. But there is a lot going on in that scene. Yeah,
3: she defeats Ren. She gets his helmet off. His arrogance comes out. And now suddenly he is a sniveling, fearful young student Mm. who knows he's not as good as his own family and his own master. Um, She defeats him there. Yeah. The rest is just uh, is uh, all over but the shouting, as they'll say in <laughs> football. She has to kick the extra point. Um, but going to the lights. And then you know, there's some great stuff with her running around and kind of solving things on her own. There's a great moment, and I think, I don't know if I turned to you and kind of laughed, I think you were focused on the movie. Uh, of, 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 Sorry. Of, no, how dare you, sir. Um, there's so much nostalgia in these movies, and I think they did a great job. Um, um, they don't do it over the top, and some of the stuff, like, I got a bad feeling about that. We're all waiting. The theater, yeah. the theater loves that. I love when Finn grabs the training probe for, yep. uh, that Luke was you. View- but one of the favorite I just picked it up last night, actually, my viewing is when the stormtroopers are running around, what is essentially the Death Star, and, and Ray's hiding, and she hears them go, uh, they're, they're splitting up.
2: I heard that the first for the first time today.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I looked over to you. That yeah. is a direct call, back to new hope in a very funny way i love that kind of stuff yeah Yeah, so there's that great stuff uh, with her but uh, jumping to the lightsaber fight uh fights because she's uh injured and, and present for the boyega one um so let's dive in joseph yeah how can she defeat or does
2: she defeat kylo ren uh well i think kylo ren is injured Mm-hmm. Great Chewbacca shot. Great that Chewbacca is willing to just be like, I don't care that you're kind of my nephew. You're yeah. I'm, so he's injured. Yeah. Uh he's cocky, mm-hmm. nervous, uh just fearful. Fearful. All of those things. Wounded a little bit by Finn. Uh yeah. and I think you you get a little bit of lightsaber logic from Finn by the stormtroopers clearly being trained. To kind of hack and slash with energy weapons.
3: Yep, yep, the riot the riot uh it's uh, the riot stormtrooper. The riot stormtrooper. That's, trooper, that's yeah. how they're selling it in the black series, by Okay, the, way. the riot stormtrooper. <laughs> nice.
2: I want to know names the, of things. The, the riot
3: control stormtrooper. Yeah, and that's uh that even harkens back to the prequels
2: by the way with the magna Guards and all yeah, those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. So having those anti-lightsaber sticks. Um, um so you can yep. imagine that maybe Finn got a little bit of training or kind of knew that. And it's yeah. it's all just big hack and slash stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, he gets his ass kicked, but he gets a shot in. He gets one shot in, but other than that, yeah. And I almost read it today as like Ren is being a jerk and playing with him. Very much so. And oh, he's let's got his, the fancy flowing. He's yeah, playing around. Yeah, letting him. his guard down a mm-hmm. little bit. And, and again, gets, his helmet's off. Gets the shoulder shot. And then as soon as he gets the shoulder shot, he just takes him apart. Absolutely. Um, and again, in a way, being very careful to keep the Star Wars metaphor of physical damage intact. Mm-hmm. That he's, he, Finn will probably just have a big scar up his back. Yeah um yeah but otherwise be okay and then we get to ray ray and who tries to win by a blaster yeah she she starts and she gets the biggest force push we've ever seen yeah which was awesome (laughs) video game level force push yeah insane force push yeah Mm -hmm. like you have to (laughs) save up your points in a star wars game and spend them all on that force push (laughs) um and then I think, you know, that amazing moment of calling light lightsaber. Like yeah. th- this fight is divided up really well. So you can see as mm-hmm. one big lightsaber mm-hmm. fight where they both fight Finn and Rey fight Kylo Ren. But we, there's so much going on.
3: We get two for the price of one.
2: And yeah. I love that scene. It harkens back to
3: Hoth and Empire yeah. the Wampa Cave. And that's why I think everyone was like, it's Luke's moment. Oh, the girl got it. And I, I'm still hearing some disappointment from some people. I loved it.
2: Yeah. No, I it's thought perfect. for
3: a moment, I know you did too, yeah. in the first viewing. Oh, here's Luke. Why he would suddenly be there, we don't know, but I'm going
2: to buy into just it. because it would be a hero cheering moment, yeah. and it wouldn't necessarily be effective otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, when I first saw it, I, I think one of the great things about this film is it is made for first viewing and a million viewings. Yeah. And other movies, I think, are just kind of made. Yeah. But, you know, J.J. Abrams and everybody else going in knowing knows People need to be blown away on the first viewing and then they need to be watching this with their grandkids 40 years from now. Right. For this to be a Star Wars movie. Yeah. So I think that lightsaber moment mm-hmm. works mm-hmm. great on the first viewing because you feel like it might be Luke. Yeah. But then the absolute truth of it that it is Ray and it should be ray Right. Is great. And yeah. yeah, I had the moment of I wanted it to be Luke. And then I said, no, I want it to be Ray. All in the time that the lightsaber was still shaking. <laughs> Uh, so it I shakes a little. low, which is fun, which is great. So I was thrilled, and I've always wanted that shot in a in a Star Wars movie. Uh, it's probably been in an animated series somewhere, but the shot where a lightsaber goes flying too close to somebody else from being pulled by the force. So I love right. that Kylo has to get out of the way.
3: Right, right. Um, what I, and that's also looking into the the falling apart of Ren is that moment too, where he just he's like, oh, let me get this lightsaber. What. And you see it on his face. It's playing out. It's playing out it's that he, out, he yeah. is losing power. He's also losing the moment. And this is the first time he's probably reached for something and not been able to force call it.
2: Right. Now, and now he's just afraid and angry and ashamed, but mostly afraid and ashamed and can't <laughs> marshal the anger that every Sith Lord has on screen has ever right. <laughs> told th- right. their opponent, focus your anger. Yeah. Yeah. And his anger is not focused. Can't he is it. throwing a tantrum with a cool lightsaber. Right. Uh,
3: and so then the actual fight itself, I know some people, especially the first viewing, and I and I didn't have this. I, and maybe it's because I watched so much pro wrestling. Um, <laughs> Ray did not, was not winning that fight. And a lot of people on first viewings, and maybe even second, say, how can an untrained girl uh, who just discovered she had the Force um, suddenly know how to fight and beat this guy? Again, all circumstances, she physically knows how to fight. That's been proven on Jakku. Yep. Um, she is not a great lightsaber fighter. She's hacking and slacking like Palpatine, uh, who... Who was a bad stage fighter as a theater actor, probably? Yeah, Um,
2: starting with the lunge, she's (laughs) trying
3: to poke him to death. Yeah, that's she does that several times. She's always running. She's literally running away. She's getting some shots in, but she's she's hacking more trees. And you can rationalize that she is used to swinging. So, uh, the staff. The staff, like you said itself, she's got, the, she's got that skill. Um, but then again, uh, it, the whole movie, uh, the first time I watched this movie, I thought, why is Hans suddenly, after 40 years, obsessed with the bowcaster? His best friends carry that weapon. At yeah. some point, you've got to think, new cannon or old, Has yeah. used it. Well, they're set up that that bowcaster is sending human beings flying back twelve feet when they get hit. Yeah, Chewbacca takes a shot and and and, and takes out the abdomen of Ren, and Ren doesn't even fall back. By the way, yeah, um, but he's bleeding. He's going insane. He keeps pounding his injury. He's yelling "traitor." He's lost all control. Yeah. that is not the Ren you see at the beginning of the movie that she's
2: defeated. Yeah, yeah, it's not the or, cool or right, the cool confident you know yeah. i have stormtroopers all around me but i'm like look, i'm a bad guy cuz i just cut well, down an unarmed old man yeah but so it, i'm a badass and, and
3: in that scene he's he's concentrating on on and knows enough to oh, and turn around with a hand stop a blaster in mid air, so he he can't do that now, and that's what they set that up in the first scene that the difference is that was him then with a mask in control, killing people, stopping a laser blaster, and freezing another human being, yeah, now he just killed his father and and Chewbacca had a clean shot and took it, and he didn't even see it coming. Yeah. This guy's lost it, so again, I don't think she was winning the fight until it turns around, yeah, um, and then the turn itself is is some people I have a little bit of uh, controversial thoughts over but you I, have a great explanation I love it.
2: yeah so i hadn't I, I i always liked it because it to me it mirrored the qui-gon moment where qui-gon is separated from darth maul with the shield and it is the difference between the dark side and the light the dark right. trying to marshal anger and aggression and the light side trying to be just like at peace mm-hmm. and listen Uh, So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I like it because it's like that. She closes her eyes, she she, uh, connects with the Force. And it wasn't until this, my third viewing, where I realized she does exactly what Maz Kanata tells her to do Mm -hmm. to accept the Force. Maz Kanata literally says, close your eyes and it will guide you. Yeah. And I had already been thinking along those lines that Obi-Wan Kenobi tells Luke in the Millennium Falcon that the Force obeys your commands but it also will guide your actions. And I feel like this is a really cool thing that we haven't really seen in Star Wars where she literally takes Maz Kanata's Suggestion. Yeah. And says, I will totally let the force in. I'm literally closing my eyes like she told me to. Yeah. And I'm going to let the force guide my actions. Yeah. And I feel like, especially when she like dodges out from under him and then starts going after him,
3: mm-hmm.
2: she knows like, I have the intent to fight. And the force is just yeah. moving her limbs.
3: Yeah, and, and, and again, uh, it goes to the unofficial tagline of the movie, was the force is calling to you to let it in. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're right for the she get-go, we know.
2: letting letting um, it in. Yeah, and I think then then you kind of the next beat in the fight, she seems more cognizant. Yeah. Like, okay, now I am confident. I know I have these yeah. abilities. I know I can do this. And the force is moving through her. Now, look, I could have done
3: without her actually saying the words, oh, the force, but this is also uh, made for general. Yep. audiences who are like need to you know they do need to be reminded of that and uh i can again and also notice this time because i was telling you too i don't like that she goes he says i'll train you uh, i'll train you in the ways of the force and she says oh the force i'm yeah. making fun a little bit um and then i thought the scene was too long well dummy can't it goes in a slow motion
2: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i could have done I, I agree with you that she probably didn't need to say the force, the force. um I think it was, as I was watching it, because this, this third viewing I caught Maz Kanata, that Maz Kanata had said that, I was like, yeah. wow, I wonder if there's a cut of this movie where she closes her eyes and she hears Maz Kanata say that. Because yeah. that would have connected it totally. But I'm kind of glad that it was just like, Climbed you know what, in. find it. Find it, and if yeah. you want to believe that theory, th- there's the info there for is. you. Yeah, um, and I, I totally feel like that's what it is. And that's that's Absolutely. just really, really cool. And to again, me to just-
3: l- l- it goes into slow motion, so that's why it's a long shot of her face. Yeah, dummy, I'm a dummy. <laughs> I'm a dummy. Star Wars doesn't do slow motion. They much. don't generally do it. And but, that's a very emotional,
2: specific. Like it's yeah. not like bad guys are cutting people's heads yeah. off slow-mo it's not for it's cool that, effect it's for emotional it's a effect. great moment and
3: then the next shot is when she clo- she closes her eyes and, and opens her eyes up it is what i believe is is perhaps one of the uh most iconic shots of the new characters which is the red of wren's blade in the corner her blue blade held up and and it both reflecting on her face it's a beautiful shot as a poster moment and there's a lot of abrams had fun creating some, yeah. some beautiful moments. The TIE fighters flying in, we'd already seen, but the shot on Jakku of she's way and the people are going home, some Jawas or then you see some uh, moisture evaporators and there's the sun. There's some beauty. There's even yeah. the shot from the, we also on the trailer of the down uh, star destroyer. Yeah. Um, which I, one of the, I don't, which side note, which one do you think is the one a spoiler? I don't know. If you haven't read lost stars, <laughs> go read it. We'll talk read offline. Lost stars, I don't know. We'll talk offline. Um, so that, but that of all the iconic moments, that that is actually my favorite one. Yeah. outside of the end of the
2: movie. Yeah, the end so, is so amazing.
3: We could talk on and on about Ray. Uh, we, uh, I know we got to get you going soon here, Joseph. But um, uh, Finn, Finn is a different character, and it's probably there's a lot to him. But there's. Because it doesn't involve the Force as much, it's, it comes off not as key right now to me, but it's also uh, a different perspective. And I agree with what Abram said going into this, which is it's a character unlike any we've seen. Yeah. Um, and it's because it's someone who was on the inside. Um, Saw someone die that I assume was his friend. Now, I will do question a little bit why part of Finn's turn is seeing someone die. That uh, Look, I'm saying maybe he knew him in the academy. We don't know that. Who knows? Blood on the helmet. But then almost a few minutes later, he's blasting those same people in a TIE fighter. (laughs) Weird enough. But hey, you got to do what you got to do when you want to get out. Um, What are your thoughts on Finn and where we are with that character? I feel
2: like maybe you can fill in a little bit of a backstory. You know, they say that his programming wasn't quite right and that he needed to go in for reprogramming. Uh, They super established he's not a clone. That's great. Um, But I feel like you can make a little bit of a backstory until his book backstory comes out, which is in like a month, literally. Uh, Because there's a book called Before the Awakening about all three of them. Um, But I feel like you can make a backstory of like he got some training or whatever but he worked in sanitation once they built the Starkiller base and like he was maybe always the one who was not the shining pupil maybe the one who was like even as a kid like can we make jokes in stormtrooper class and like no No. shut up and take this seriously we just killed jedi we don't make jokes and he's always the one who's just like (laughs) okay a little like he's the millhouse of stormtroopers i think (laughs) is what it comes down to everything's coming up millhouse everything's coming up FN, 2187. Um, yeah, and okay, he is
3: in sanitation, and then finally, all right, you, now you're a stormtrooper in that. He says is his first battle, so all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and then he
2: sees the true horror, yeah. and I feel like that's a really nice uh, sort of nod to the realities of war, where yeah. you can be indoctrinated into the ideology that makes you want to fight, but then you actually see the horror of yeah. doing that to another human being. Yeah. And I feel like that's pretty effectively done. A lot yeah. of things in the movie, I think, are super effectively done but out of necessity real fast and on the nose yeah there obviously we've talked about like the really great depth in there but i think there are some things where just like yep this is happens fast and yeah. if but because it needs to there's a lot of basil exposition
3: yeah <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot of a lot of that even some of han and leia's dialogue is like catching us up with
2: how what happened and, yeah, yeah fine with it yeah and um, it, it's what it has to be in order to get this much yeah. in the movie
3: boyega's speech uh, right before he takes off of uh you know to, to ray uh was a first order and everything wasn't uh, wasn't my favorite um moment but again it, it falls into what you're saying it's like you just kind of kind of get some stuff out you have like half a page to do this when you're writing this story yeah and the, so uh, i don't fault anyone it, it didn't distract at
2: all right and yet another journey is building up this friendship this mm-hmm. bond between our new big three which mm-hmm. i do think is uh, you know poe ray and finn
3: yeah, and, and
2: I, I hope a lot more Poe. Is I shows hope up. a lot more Poe too. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a lot of Finn's time is is spent being super charming, so he connects with mm-hmm. Poe, mm-hmm. and super charming, so he connects with Ray. Yeah, and super charming, so he connects with the audience. Like at first, I wasn't. At first, I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I read a quote from J.J. Abrams that the reason he cast John Boyega is because Boyega brought in this idea: like, what if he was kind of desperate? Yeah, and that's the key thing that connects everything. Yeah, and he's kind of desperate to run away. He's he, yeah. even when he decides to be heroic, he's kind of desperate about that. Yeah, he's desperate to be liked, to be believed. Yeah. Every scene is some kind of desperation, and there's something really relatable about that. And like, um, yeah, I don't quite want to say puppy dog, but there's something there's something true about that. Like, it's almost like a reflection of Ren, like the positive version of not having confidence in yourself. Yeah, yeah. like a really likable guy really wants to do these good things, not quite confident in himself, so yeah, a little desperate and,
3: it's, and young enough to where he believes it's about the girl.
2: Uh, yeah, and I,
3: I love, I, I love that there's a. I don't think I, don't, I think in the end these two characters aren't going to be romantically involved. I don't think so. Uh, but they play with it, and it's just a natural reaction. A cute girl comes in your life, and you're going to try to impress her. And then you're connected with her, you're going to try to go save her. And I think there's a lot of that there too with that character. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's going to show a great car- character arc. Well, he'll probably be a big general himself. General yeah. Boyega will probably happen at some point. Yeah, and
2: I like the the kind of it's almost a Luke Khan relationship where he thinks. He's Han, and like I need to keep rescuing her. <laughs> oh, she knows how to rescue herself, and I have no idea how to rescue her. There are so many wonderful moments where, you know, are are, are you okay?
3: She's Ray. Goes, yeah. yeah. Why? Why wouldn't I and, be? And, yeah. the, and the great moment of uh, we're gonna we gotta get the prince, we gotta get Ray, we gotta get Ray. Han's like, yeah, there she is, man. She's yeah. climbing. Don't worry about her. We just go meet
2: up. And them. then I think the thing that balances that out is he does have true hero moments. Like on Absolutely. Jakku, he does know what the wine of the Tie Fighter means and tells mm-hmm. her to run. And and that's the one time like, oh no, she did need to be.
3: It's not Jar Jar tripping and falling into some blue balls right. that
2: uh, take out the he's droids. He's not stepping in voodoo. Yeah. Uh, um Yeah, and, and he's, he's making he's, these Yeah, choices. and he's the one who knows about yeah. Starkiller, so he makes yeah. it this uh, possible. He's the one who's like, screw everything. I'm just going to rescue my friend. So he has, like, real hero moments. I love how much he gets mm-hmm. his ass kicked. Yeah. Like, he means well and runs into battle and keeps Constantly. getting... Constantly. He, he gets the crap kicked out of him in this movie. <laughs> Constantly. Constantly. To the point where, like... He's the poor underdog of like, you know, one of the cliffhangers is, is he okay? Yeah. He got sliced in the back with a lightsaber and none of us are talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, But that's that's, one of the big cliffhangers of the movie. Like one of the heroes of the movie that you all liked got a ton of laughs. Yeah. He's lying. He's not even in a bacta tank. No. He got cut. In the back with a lightsaber, and now they just got him sitting on his back. <laughs> hey, take
3: some pain pills and we'll call you in the morning there, man. Uh, yeah. Two, two, one b is, isn't even around to fix you. Uh, uh, anything more on Finn there? Uh, no, po, no, no, uh, no. no Poe, no. Dameron, great. Oscar Isaac is amazing in yep. what he has to do, and it's not that the character is small or mm-hmm. unimportant. He saves the day several times, and he's an in control, but he's just more seasoned. Um, and I think there's going to be probably a Poe comic book, I'm sure, and his parents' lineage is in you know, Shattered like, Empire.
2: Poe is a drumbeat. like yeah. Everything else is, is uh, the other way characters are like doing guitar solos yeah and he is the steady drum beat and the guy that you would just like I have a problem and you go to him at the bar and be like let me tell you how to fix that dating situation <laughs> yeah. and then I'll help you buy a used car and yes. I'll do it all right and yes. real positive and just like I will you be my friend will yeah. you be my life coach Poe Dameron Yeah. You know?
3: Oh, I love. I mean, his moments. Even when he he hands, uh Finn starts to take the jacket off, and he's like, "No, no, man, no, no, man, you're a good dude. You get it." <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to hang with Poe, man. I want to hang with Poe Dameron. And there's, I yeah. think, a lot more to that character, and he'll probably take over a lot of the leadership roles. But right now, he's the best fighter pilot we've ever seen in a yeah. Star Wars film. Great shot. And and there's some great look. I love some of the um the the, the battles, the the flight battles here, the up and up in the air. And I can't really say space because a lot of them don't necessarily happen in space. A lot of them
2: are yeah it's, in the atmosphere in like atmosphere. we're used to doing in our video games.
3: Yeah, exactly. There's some great battlefront flying in here. Uh, a lot of points. <laughs> a lot of points for Poe. Um, but uh, there's some great shots uh, that JJ put in of just how it looks and and, and the, the side shots in that final battle with um, uh, Poe and uh, um, the other pilot. The It's the Asian female pilot. Her nickname is Jess, pa- Jess
2: Pava. Jess Pava yeah, is the character's is name. She is featured briefly in the young adult uh, okay. Luke Skywalker novel Weapon of a Jedi.
3: Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so there's some backstory there too. And, and yes, snap wexley is from aftermath um so these characters this connective universe they were building slowly is, is is certainly starting to pay off and i'm sure more and more will, will unfold um but there's some great uh, just in terms of um how it looks alone like yeah. attack of the clones is what it is and and we can sit there and try to you know dive into it uh, negatively blah 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 but you know what some of my favorite battle scenes are are towards the end and the yeah, and the great. and the the the, the zoom ins uh, and stuff that lucas uh, chose to use for based on some other directors work uh uh I love some of that stuff the the sonic sounds of of um jango fett's uh, slave one i always say are my favorite so this movie just has some of my favorite ones in that regard even yeah. if this movie was a failure on other levels i could be like what i did like the x-wing fight <laughs> um some great stuff in there and a lot of that centers around poe that's why i bring that up yeah um uh, there's, uh, so many other characters, uh, we can dive into, uh, Snoke. I do we do. We should talk a little bit about Snoke. Mark Riley, our friend over at far, far away and geek nation, Schmoe's no called me and this a lot of fan theories going around on who Snoke is right. and, and a fan tweeted in and I, uh, I don't have it on right now. I, I might have to, uh, get into that. But, uh, Mark Riley, uh, tweeted in, Hey, if you go to the revenge of the Sith soundtrack, which. I do have Joseph. <laughs> uh, we can't hear it, um, you but have no way to play it. Track five: Palpatine's teachings, which play when Palpatine is talking to Anakin. One of my favorite scenes of the prequel, talking mm-hmm. about Doth Plagueis the Wise. And if you play track, uh, I think it's seven or something on the Force Awakens soundtrack, um, simply called Snoke. Um, I haven't heard it myself. Well, I'm going to try to go uh, find a, a CD, a compact disc player, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's the same song, is what I'm hearing, or has the same themes
2: in it. Yeah. So, hmm. do we feel like that supports the long going fan theory that Snoke is Darth Plagueis? Hmm. I think it's. I think so.
3: And if this is true, I'm going to listen to it myself. I hope it's not revealed at all till episode eight. I don't want any spoilers. But no. I love at this point speculation is great. Um at first coming out of it, I thought it was definitely a nod to Plagueis. Mm-hmm. Uh, again. Uh, for those of you who say, well, he's a, he's a Mune or a Mun, however you are, he's an Olivia Mun, um, <laughs> uh, part of the banking clan, basically. That is not officially canon, all right? Right. Plagueis is canon. James Lucino's great book, in which he is part of the banking clan, uh, Hugo Damask, whatever, how you yeah. say his name. Um mosque, yeah. That was Lucas saying, make him an alien, but it's not officially canon. So you can go anywhere with Plagueis. Yeah,
2: it's all out the door. So I, I took th-
3: it as a nod. But now, uh, uh, this, if this is true, uh, I'm leaning towards Plagueis.
2: Yeah, I would be thrilled with that because I would love more stuff in this sequel trilogy that does uh, connect to the, the good parts of the prequels and the broad themes and ideas of the prequels, which mm-hmm. I think are all great. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of what we're seeing in Force Awakens sort of that's stylistically different is going to be more narratively explained by who Snoke is. Yeah. I feel like Snoke is a different practitioner of the dark side than mm-hmm. a traditional Sith. I feel like he yeah. is. I think there's things in the, in the new canon novels that have made me feel like Snoke went away or is from a different galaxy entirely. Yeah, And he has different ideas about ways to use the Force. And some of the things we're seeing Kylo Ren do are more of the unnatural things that Palpatine were talk, was talking about that yeah. we don't see yeah. Freezing people's bodies, uh, you mind know, control, mind, mind control, mind control, not
3: mind control, but mind reading, basically. mind reading. Like,
2: yeah. And I mean, not he knocks Ray out. It yeah. seems like with the force, once he's already in her mind, like you yeah. can almost shut it off. Yep. Um, so I feel like there's a lot to be explored with Snoke. I was, I was underwhelmed in my first viewing of Snoke just felt felt like mm-hmm. a generic bad guy kind of got an alien face. That's a little, yeah. a little he's scarred, got a, he's, but got a, he's got an ax cut deep alien <laughs> voice. But I, but then I thought back of like, uh, Palpatine was just a wizened old man in a robe and compared yeah. to some of the just bizarre things that exist in the Star Wars galaxy at first you're just yeah. like oh evil sorcerer in a robe mm-hmm. and then over the years the Palpatine it lives in my heart oh. I love Palpatine yeah. and I feel like I'm I'm really excited to see how they explore snoke
3: yeah i think there's, there's going to be a lot more of that general hucks is okay he's a little bit of a sniveling tattletale but he's definitely there i'd like a little bit more uh stronger villains but if the rumors are true about benicio del toro being cast as a villain uh i have no nothing more beyond that um then i think we're going to get some good villains going yeah, forward yeah i think snoke's going to say all right i'm still training this kid i got to bring in my old heavies that i know
2: oh that would be, uh, be great i think
3: there could be some of that there um uh, I I do want to spend we might have to do an entire episode on Ray's vision <laughs> yes um, but as we close here I want to close I'll talk about the close again the close of the movie and um, um, I loved it the first time I saw it I still love it now my biggest thing and I was telling you is uh, I, I do kind of regret that there's not one more Han and Luke moment
2: yeah that's really sad I had that epiphany yeah. like it's, I was as I was going to bed after one of you I It's like <laughs> oh no
3: yeah well, we never get that again in this form. And I and I don't think we'll get it in any other form. No. Like said, the young Han Solo movie probably won't have a bookend with Harrison and, and Mark Hamill. Yeah, uh, I think Harrison like you like. Well, you were saying how Harrison probably is like, kill me and then kill me again and then kill the planet I'm on.
2: Yeah. One <laughs> and I'm done. And then let's make sure stabbed, fall off. Then the planet I'm on turns yeah. into a sun. Yeah. That uh, sounds good.
3: That's a way to do it. Aside from that. Aside from having one more uh, together again, how we doing? Same as always. That bad. I'd lo- I would
2: have loved some of that. It would have been amazing. Would have been that. good. Uh, but something's got to go to make this yeah. really bold. I mean, really amazing. This movie. is a brave choice. The the fans are are liking it for the most part without with our little sprinkles yes. quibbles. Yeah, uh, killing it at the box office. Really bold choice to just not have Luke in it until this right. last scene. It's a
3: bo- brave choice, and and there's only three kinds of braves in the world: soldiers, Caitlin. Jenner and JJ making this choice okay (laughs) that's the only that's the only definition of brave we can have now this was a brave stylistic choice set to base this entire movie and then suddenly hashtag where's Luke and he's not on the poster don't worry he'll probably show up in the third act and uh, even on our own shows Joseph we said well what if he's only in the last shot yeah he's only in the last shot
2: and I'm I loved it. I'm fine with it. It is.
3: Yeah. Four viewings in, I, I'm not going to cry or get moist at the opening credits. I'm not going to cry at Han's death or even Chewie getting sad or Leia sad. I'm not. But four viewings in, I'm still getting teary-eyed. The moment the final music starts to kick in and they take off in the Falcon, I yeah. get I. I'm um, still being affected by it yeah and uh the walk up the stairs the music it's, it's william's best work of this movie for me um the there's some horns but then there's this
2: underlying strings building in
3: anticipation to
2: yeah. this moment i love it yeah i'm so about i've talked about before i think the power of star wars has always been the mashup of new exciting you'd never believe you'd see that on screen with other things that feel ancient and right. true, and I feel like as humans, we deeply relate to that because we're always dealing with new things, but we feel a sense of heredity and a sense of history. And I feel like that last scene is powerful because it nails it. There is such a mashup mm-hmm. of the new and the old yeah. in many different ways in the way the music is constructed, right. that uh, location is an amazing Star Wars location right. that is new but yeah. feels very old and was, ancient. Yeah, shot in Ireland, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're like... Amazed to see Luke and Mark Hamill looks amazing. Yeah, and, but there's so much new. Yeah, and it's the old Jedi costume, but not really. But not really. And he's got his me- just mm-hmm. exposed mechanical hand. Which what does that mean yeah. me- metaphorically in yeah. our new Star Wars galaxy? Yeah, and then presented with this young, fresh face who's just discovered the power of the force, yeah. holding out this ancient. Yeah lightsaber with such history to it yeah, and saying, you know, will you take it? It's just, it's, there's a lot of deep themes of Star mm-hmm. Wars just mm-hmm. right there. And, and
3: if you're still wondering you know, you're like, I don't know, uh, uh, I liked Phantom Menace the first 17 times I saw it <laughs> in the theater or whatever um, I, we could debate the merits of the story of Phantom Menace but think about how that movie ended Boss Nass holding a peace orb alright, <laughs> and this, this ending is by far my favorite ending, even more than Jedi yeah, um, New Hope is different. It's self-contained, and and the and the, the brave leap and Empire at the time in 1980 was something unheard of. Just ending yeah. the movie on a downer, um, but even then, it's them in a medical bay staring out. And and uh, by by the time I'd seen it, I could just pop in the the next one because I'd seen Jedi in the theater, you know. Yeah. Um, this one, to me, is my favorite ending because it is it sums up the story. It, it her, You go back to the beginning of Ray saying, the myth of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Now she's seeing him and handing him his own lightsaber, which has its own powers and myths, and, and sent her on her journey. Yeah. And the music's swelling, and you're crying, and she's crying, and he's sighing, and R2 and Chewie are waiting down below, which, by Luke. the way, is going to be a great moment. Yeah. Um, and she needs training. He needs to save the galaxy. What a moment, and what a way to end the film. Yeah, I'm excited by that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like that is yet another triumph of The Force Awakens is this is not we don't currently live in a society that tolerates cliffhangers. And that (laughs) was one hell of a cliffhanger. (laughs)
3: Very, very much so. Um, This episode is not a cliffhanger, though there's much more we could have done. Joseph, uh, I always love breaking down Star Wars with you. Um, I'm not joking when I call you the great Star Wars pontificator. I think you see things you must have, force powers yourself. (laughs) No, I am an uh, obsessive nerd. It's been fun building up to this moment with you and and Maude Garrett and other people in the last year through Jedi Alliance and and Jennifer Landa, of course. Um, So we've had our time, man.
2: Yeah, this has been great.
3: This has been fun, but the Force Center will go on. The Force Center podcast feed is only going to get bigger and better as we continue to try to, uh, to grow it and add things to it, and we want to thank you all for the journey. Spread the news. Tweet it. Retweet it. Uh, get us some more followers. You can follow us at Force Center Pod. We do have a Facebook page as well. Uh, Joseph and I promise to uh, be a little bit more active on those yes, things. Yes. I forget sometimes I have that. <laughs> we um, will post. We will, we will post. post. Um, that is that. And of course, as always, uh, Joseph, you got a lot of things you're working on.
2: Yep. Uh, you can find all my stuff on my social media Is at joseph scrimshaw and on my website dot josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, i've got a star wars album and a holiday album so really perfect for this time of year and i'm doing a big new year's eve show in los angeles and all that info is on my website
3: that is right so we'll be back soon spotlight star wars rolls on a new jedi beat coming joseph's got his show brewing uh, and who knows who will be on the show there's so many people i know in my life who are like i want to come on and talk star wars with you <laughs> nice. so as we build towards rogue one which is the next big event in the Star Wars universe? Not counting the comics and the wonderful novels, uh, is still set to come in the new toys. I'm waiting to buy my Black Series Luke, waiting on the cliff. Yeah, oh man, I'm waiting for that. I don't, know. I haven't, I've got to have some version of that. Uh, we're going to be here with you. So again, like I said, follow, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. You can follow me at Ken Napsack across the board. And as always, uh, if you have any questions directly for us hash, hashtag Force Center uh, to Joseph and I, we'll check that and maybe we'll do some uh, answering here. On on this show as well. That would be great. I think it'd be fun. So until next time, go see The Force Awakens again, please.